Hey there, everybody. You know I hate to do kind of commercial reads and things along those lines with the show, but I wanted to share an opportunity that Coach John and I have for you at thecuterroad.com as 2021 draws to a close and we head into 2022. And that is an updated version of the Build Your Keto Road PDF program, where you get to work on setting individualized macros, nutritional goals for yourself, an activity plan, mindset, and just general goal setting for yourself. And you can find some different ways to track it, build some accountability, all of those things within that program. We are also launching on January 1st, though, something to support you if you're doing that program. And that is the Keto Road Crew Private Accountability Coaching Group. In this group, we will be sharing weekly recipes, having discussions about nutrition, macro, macros, activity, goal-setting, mindset, all of those things that come into play when you are on a health and a fitness journey. We'll also be doing Q&As, live chats with the group, and also having some fun monthly challenges. If you're interested in being a part of that group, you have to get yourself the Build Your Keto Road PDF at theketoroad.com, and then you can sign up. And right now, we're offering a deal where if you pay for one month of the Keto Road crew, you actually get January and February together. So you're getting one month free. Go over there right now to check it out, theketoroad.com. Let me know if you have any specific questions I can help you with, because we're just really excited about this opportunity to not only help people reach their health goals, but to build some accountability and work on that idea of community support. So check it out. Let me know if I can answer some questions. And now I'll let you get on with the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy. I am excited to have you with us once again. I am ready to bring you yet another amazing story in this week's episode of the show. So sit down, get ready for it with me this week. I have Zach. Zach, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited for to get into it, so let's jump right to it, man. First question of the episode, as always, tell us, Zach, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Uh, at my heaviest weight, I was just shy of 700 pounds, and it took, you know, it, it was a, <laughs> a pretty... Well, someone call it long, someone call it short journey to get to where I'm at now. I've I've been going since uh, July of 2019, and now I'm just about 315 pounds. That's incredible, man. How and take us into like what what brought you to 600? You know, into almost 700 pounds. I would I would definitely have to say the the when people ask me that question, the biggest marker that just jumps out of my mind is when I was. Um, have, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of a disease called cystic fibrosis? My brother and my sister have it. And um, with that, with the strain of cystic fibrosis that they have and had, it was always a really big struggle for them to gain weight my entire life. So, um, you know, growing up, it was really super, super caloric, dense meals. So my parents would buy, you know, the the 7327 uh you know, fat beef chuck at Walmart so they could make these meals for my brother and sister. Well, four ounces of that, that food is, um, you know, 320 calories when you got four ounces of chicken breast or even, uh, you know, a 93, seven beef is, you know, 120 to 165 calories. 
So it was really more, it was, it was really about like keeping them alive. And I just kind of was on the back burner and there's nothing against my parents with that. It's just kind of the way it was. And it was life or death for them. And it was, we can deal with Zach later kind of thing for me. And then my sister died when I was 11 from the disease. And it really brought me into a dark place over the years. I stopped caring about school. I, I started drinking pretty heavily when I was pretty young, probably like 15 years old, and and my my, my family life kind of fell apart. Our you know our family went to uh, winter without power. We, you know in Montana that's uh, pretty freaking cold to not have electricity. And so like the, that winter we had to or that really for a year we had to run our house off of a generator and then we had a fireplace and that's what we cooked off of. You know. Eat, poking holes in stew cans and putting those on the fireplace to heat up. And really nutrition was 1000% an afterthought when it was, you know, survival was on the forefront. No, I think that that makes complete sense, man. And when, when did you first become conscious of, of your size? Like what that, you know, we all have that moment, you know, when we, when we grow, especially when we grow up and, and are putting on weight where you start to realize that you're either different from other people or other people are paying attention. Like what was, where was that for you? Okay. So like, um, growing up, I was always, a multi, multi-sport athlete and freshman year of high school, I got into a relationship and I started to notice how much weight I was gaining. Cause I, 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 it just jumps out in my mind. I remember like, I felt like I didn't have to like really monitor what I was eating anymore because I would just go, to the cafeteria and eat as much as I possibly could. And I would justify myself by saying like, Hey, this is salad, but it was just a salad drowned in ranch and ham and cheese and bacon. But like, I would do that every day to the point where like, I'd almost make myself sick. And I think that was, you know, that was me filling a hole. But back to the question, um, I started to notice after that relationship went south, you know, I, I was 19 young and in love or sorry, 19, I was four, 15 years old, young and in love and went through a really, really hard breakup and it, it, it destroyed me and it was super, super hard along with the super difficult family life. And then I dropped out of school. I just started like I, you know, I, when we broke up, I was probably like 360 pounds, but mind you, I am six, three and, uh, like an athlete. So it was, it was a, it was a stout 360 like football player. But then I, you know, I stopped going to school and, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And then, then by the next summer I was about four forty-five, And then I really, that, that was when I started like, okay, I need to do something about this. And then I tried this, didn't work, tried that, didn't work, tried this, didn't work. And then by the time I was really at the lowest point in my life, I just, I felt so far gone. I was desperate to try anything. I was looking into, you know, low carb stuff, gastric bypass, gastric sleeve, this, that. It felt like, it felt like the world was out to get me, you know? Yeah. And what was life like when you, when you got to that point, when you got to your heaviest, like living there, like take us into what, what were your days like then? I think, well, I, I had gotten so big and immobile that, um, I was put on to disability by the government and that, that was a, that was a fight in itself. But you know, not a lot of people think about this type of thing. And I, I don't know if you even ever got to the point where you couldn't wipe your own butt anymore, but that, that one was definitely like the hardest. Like it was, it, I, I could shower, but like I had to shower to, to clean myself. So like that was a, that was a huge part of it. And they were like, well, you can't really work a job if you can't go to the bathroom. And you got to remember that this was pre COVID before there was a ton of work from home stuff. So they were like, okay, you can't, you can't 
relieve yourself in public. So, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to have you work and that, and that's okay. But, um, day to day life was just watching people, watching all my friends and family, my best friends, just going to college and having kids and getting married. And I'm just sitting there eating myself to death, literally eating myself to death, playing on my phone and watching movies and acting like it was all okay. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I looking back now, like, I was trying, but like, I didn't, I was afraid to invest in myself. I was afraid to get out of my comfort zone, you know? I think that, that makes sense, man. Like that whole idea, because like you're saying, it wasn't that you were just saying you were trying. There, there was something there. What do you think was holding you back though from fully committing? Like what, what was keeping you from getting out of that comfort zone when you look at it now? I'd say a big part of it is the lack of education. I thought I thought that you had to do this or that to lose weight. I thought that I had to go to the gym nine times a week to lose weight. And I was so wrong. I was so wrong. But more than the lack of education, I think in a way it sounds kind of crazy, but I, I don't think I was ready to lose the weight. You know, you hear all the time of people that do it for the wrong reasons and then they gain the weight back and sometimes they gain the weight back and then some. And you'll hear this from a lot of, you know, this is this is literally a podcast about bigger people. So you'll understand that if you don't lose the weight in your mind, you'll never lose the weight on your body. And um, I don't think I was I think if I would have gone nuclear and done something like gastric bypass or gastric sleeve back then, I don't think I was mentally in a place to love myself and I would have gained the weight back. No, I think, I think that makes sense. You know, as you're, you're talking to someone who did that, lost all the weight and gained it all back really quickly, like, because I wasn't ready, you know, because I don't think, you know, I like to say that in a lot of ways, like I had no idea who I was going to be after I lost weight. I had done none of that work and had no idea of how to define my life other than being the big guy that was eating all the time and like living that life and lived this very small life because obviously when you're that big there's not a lot that you can do when you know like you said bathroom I, I've shared in episodes of this show I used to carry kitchen spoons around with me you know to wrap toilet paper around when I went out in public because reaching was a problem and you know when you get to that place it's I think it's hard for people to understand that you can adapt to that being your normal like that becomes the life that you're living. Like you're. Oh, it was so normal. It was yeah. so normal, and people. Some people would be absolutely flabbergasted. Like you did what? Like where did you? Like even people that you were around every day would be like, "Where did you? How did I not know about this? I was with you all the time." But it's just so normal to us, you know. Like like that doesn't. Like I'm a little surprised that you did. I'm. I guess I'm surprised that. Well, let me let me ask. How tall are you? Uh, five ten. Okay, so so five forty on you is probably you probably had a similar build that I did, so it was probably very similar, you know, reaching issues with, as me. Then I would I would imagine. So yeah, my my waist was over eighty inches at that point. Wow. Okay, so you carried it a lot in your like. So what oh, yeah. size uh, pant do you think you got up to? Um, at my biggest when I was wearing actual waisted pants, um, I was wearing an eighty. Okay, what about like like you know five x six x seven x like that? Kind oh, of stuff? sweats. Yeah, like I was probably wearing like a seven x. Oh wow. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, I think mm. you're right. Like it, I think it's because I don't think people have a conception. 
you know, of, of what it's like to be that big, to live that, like to live that life that you know very well. Like, I think when they think about being significantly overweight, like I, I was talking with a recent guest on the show and we were talking about, you know, he was in the 600s and when people would guess his weight, they would always guess somewhere in the 300 pound range. Because to the they have average, no idea, absolutely, they yeah, have no idea. Because to the average person, three hundred pounds is this immensity. It's huge. You know, it's, it's seriously. I mean, look at look at look at the old. There's an episode of the, of of the Simpsons where Homer goes on disability with his weight, and he weighed two hundred and seventy pounds. Like that's <laughs> like that. That's hilarious to me. Like you look at it now, he's like he had to get to three hundred pounds to go on disability, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> 270 yeah. is my goal weight. Right, like. exactly. Like, <laughs> but I, I think that's a public, like, to the writers of the show, they were like, we're going to get Homer to 300 pounds and he's barely going to be able to get up off the couch because to someone who has never struggled with weight, you know, or actually felt that weight on your body, they don't understand, you know, what the, the numbers can actually add up I, to be. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, I think oh, on the same note as that, I think when you get down into those numbers, like the word health in relativity to weight gets blurry because I would guarantee my 315 is healthier than a lot of my 150, 175 friends. I would guarantee it. I mean, I could go, I mean, I, the things that my body is capable of now at 315 is in absolutely insane. This is that I think there's a difference between a healthy 315 and an unhealthy 315, you know? Oh, completely. And but even go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Even at even at well, like like you said, people would guess my weight. They'd be like, oh, maybe like four twenty. I'm like, dude, I'm almost seven hundred pounds. I'm almost twice the weight that you're guessing. But and they're like, oh, you probably have a slew of medical issues. You probably pre diabetic, hypertension, low blood pressure, blah blah blah. It's like, dude, abs actually, I'm healthy as a horse. Aside from the fact that I'm probably this, the weight is going to kill me eventually. Like I have perfect A1C, perfect. You know, all of my levels are great. My my resting heart rate was nuts. Hot. I mean, my resting heart rate was like 105 when I started. But dude, crazily enough, my resting heart rate just in the year and a half that I've been doing this is down to like fifty four. Mm. Well, I mean, look at it like what is what are what are the average person's perception of six hundred pounds right now? Is my six hundred pound life like someone that needs a crane to get out? Right, of bed. like they're, and, and they're on those shows, like one, and I've had um, Justin McSwain who was on the show on the on the podcast recently, and he talked a lot about the behind the scenes and what's set up, and that show looks for drama. You know, that show is looking to portray people who are 600 pounds in that position because that's what makes for good television. Like, let's be real. Oh, it's completely exploitative in my opinion, but whatever. Oh, completely, 100%. And if you haven't, like, listening to some of his interviews, like, he he really went behind the scenes on it on, like, a lot of the stuff they set up for him on the show. Like, it's it's fascinating to me. But I had a – I have a my – friend, my friend Charles on the show last week, he's going to – the episode that's going to drop before yours – and Charles was over 600 pounds and he was fully active and working and doing all these things. And like 600 pounds can be something different on someone else. 500 pounds can be different. And like you said, 300 pounds, there can be people in, who are 200 pounds who are, I'm sure, in way worse shape than you're in right now, you know, in terms of every physical marker. Like it's, there's this relative experience, you know, especially the journey that you've been on and, and coming from where you were at. Like, so at getting to when you were at your heaviest like what was what was it that finally sparked it in you that it was time to 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 make change like where how did that all come together was there some people have a defining moment some people have a stacked up list of things like 
What was it that finally it's got you in that things, place? But more, more yeah. than a, th- more than a thing, it was a person. Um, my girlfriend came into my life and just flipped it on it, flipped my life on its head. Um, you know, I was living in a house that two of the bedrooms had heat and the middle didn't like to the point where my old roommates water dogs, water would freeze in the center of the house. And you know, Montana winters, you're talking 30 below sometimes. Right. And that the Cassidy Cassidy's my partner. She came into my life and she was in college. She was going for two bachelor's degrees, one in psychology, one in, um, equine business. So, I mean, she's in, she had literally five jobs when we met two years ago. She had five jobs on campus, full-time, double major college student. Absolutely. And just like we met and she gave me a chance. I was almost 700 pounds and this girl gave me a chance and we're still together. And, um, the, the defining moment for me. So I started my journey officially on July 27th, 2020. 2020, 2020. And, uh, and on June of 20, in June of 2020, um, Cassidy and I, it was starting to get a little hot out. So we're like, okay, let's, let's buy our air conditioner. So we looked on Facebook marketplace. We found somebody and they listed one for super cheap. We're like, okay, we can come and get it right now. So we go to this elderly couple's house and I pick up this AC and I was like, okay, thanks so much. And I go to walk out of their house and I missed the first step on an exposed aggregate staircase and I fell straight down. And I don't know if you know what exposed aggregate is, but it's like rocks that shine through uh, like concrete. So it, it destroyed my legs, but I landed on my back and I thought it was okay. I was in a lot of pain from the, like the flesh wounds on my legs from that, but I went home you know, got all doctored up and went about my life for like day, maybe two. And then I was like, man, my, my back is really hurting me, Cass. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And we went to the hospital and I'm sure a lot of people that, that have been on this podcast and you yourself can relate to an injury like that. Um, you know, the doctors were calling the zoos to see if they could get me into an MRI or an, a CT because the x-ray couldn't see enough through my, the fat on my body to get a clear enough picture. But what they could see through the x-ray was some sort of wedge in my spine as if I had fractured the discs in my back. So the uh, neuro not a neurologist, he was like a a neurosurgeon who also did like the spine stuff, right? He comes in and I was in the hospital for two days and he's telling me, he's like, you know, Zach, I'm sorry, but there's no definitive way that we can tell if your back is broken or not. And if you go about your life, you could paralyze yourself, right? If you keep walking, you could make this, this separation worse and you could, you could, you could really, really hurt yourself. So we're, we're going to have to err on the side of caution with this. And we're, we're going to have to put you on bed rest for six months. And with that, you know, it's not feasible to do that at your own home. So we're going to have to talk to your insurance and get you put into a nursing home. Mind you, I am 21 years old, 700 pounds almost. And they're talking about putting me in a nursing home for six months. And they, uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm literally talking to my doctor or talking to Cassidy. I was like, I, I want to talk to your parents. And like, I'm trying to like, say it without saying it like to her parents who are lovely people like you guys need to convince Cassidy to leave me because she's not going to be my live-in nurse for the rest of my life that's not fair we're 21 years old we have so much life to live and I'm not going to do that to her and Cassidy's brilliant brilliant mind had the idea 
while we were sitting there with the neurosurgeon and his, um, I believe, nurse practitioner, she Cassidy just spouted off and said, can't you look at his old x-rays? They looked, they pulled up, and they were like, when was that? And Because Cassidy had known about an accident that I was in when I was 16 where I wrecked a side-by-side. And they pulled those up right there on the spot in front of us, and lo and behold, there was the wedge in my back. So Cassidy saved me for six, from six months of bed rest. She, I mean, she saved me from probably getting worse and eating myself to death. And uh, that moment, like when Cassidy, I just kind of felt like I was given a second chance, and I got to go home. And um, then I, I, I emailed, I sent my doctor a message on the network. And I was like, I need you to get me a referral to my dietitian. I want to do this again. I want to give it a try. And I, I had already seen this dietitian before. I, I liked her a lot, but I just couldn't stick with it. And then I did a week, a week of meal prepping, went to see her. And then, she, you know, it, that it, it was, it's all, I went to that appointment. And then I believe that night I started to edit a video for TikTok. I had never posted a TikTok, but I thought, hey, let's give it a try. Um, cause I thought that my story was unique and I put together a TikTok of me working out and me stepping on the scale at 682.6 pounds. And uh, I, that the middle of the night, that night, it got like 3000 views all of a sudden randomly. And I remember calling my mother-in-law and like crying Cassidy and I were crying cause people were commenting like, you can do it. Like this made me want to get out of bed today. Just like, you know, there was a couple hundred comments of 3000 views and I was just crying. I was like, I can't believe that people care. And then the video just kind of stopped doing anything from that point. And, um, like a week later I woke up from a dead sleep middle of the summer, dog days of August. So it was hot. Woke up at like 9am and my phone was just going absolutely bonkers. And I was like, what is going on? And I grabbed my phone and I look at the video and it has like 126,000 views. And I'm like, whatever, no way. I'm literally dreaming. And I put the phone back down and go to sleep. I wake back up like an hour later. It's at like 300 and something thousand. And we keep paying attention to it throughout the day. By the end of the day, it was at like, you know, 4 million. The next day, like 6, 7 million, 10 million, 12 million, 20 million, 25 million, all the way up to 33 million plays. And, you know, at that point, I think I had like 600,000 followers just from this. The very first thing I ever posted just popped off. And there are... There are celebrities. Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things commented on it. Demi Bagby. I mean, crazy huge people were like, you can do this. But more than that, just the overwhelming positivity. I've gone through the comments on that video a lot. And I, out of, I think, 65,000 comments on that video, there's probably less than 2,000 negative comments on the whole thing. And I just, it was just ridiculously overwhelming the amount of support that I've gotten throughout this whole journey, you know? Oh, for sure. Well, that's, there, there's, there's something powerful there. You know, like you, you clearly, you're, that moment that you shared resonated with millions of people, you know, seeing that and not only want them, not only wanting to support you, but, you know, there's going to be people watching that thinking, what, what are my excuses? You know, he's out there. 682 pounds getting it done you know even if it's your first video like your first your first workout ever even if it was that like there's there's something 
epic there, man. And and to to be able to take all of that in, I'm sure that was overwhelming. I'm sure it was and in a lot of ways unbelievable, but also very, very motivating and and kind of adding something to that fire that it sounds like was already there. Like you had already like you said, you had found realized that you had this second chance, you know, in a lot of ways, like dodging that six months in bed rest, like seeing that path in front of you and realizing that didn't have to be the one that you were going to follow. So what what happened after that? Like what wh- what came next for you in terms of making change? Um well, that would have been so that that video really popped off like right on my birthday, so like August 5th and um uh, I just tried to keep staying con- consistent. I had a way in. I think it was like uh, August 13th, so like 3 weeks since that July 27th weigh in. And I believe I was down about 14 pounds and I was really, really trying to focus on the calories and and the exercise. And um, meal prepping at that point was still a little bit of a burden. I wasn't as in love with it as I am now. And then um, went another month in between weigh-ins. So I weighed in again on like September, September like 8th or 9th, something like that, just about a month. I think I was down like another 14 or 15 pounds and I, I fell on top of the world. I was like, okay, if I can lose 14 or 15 pounds a month for the next year, I'll be fine. I'll be great. And I just thought I had it all dicked. And um, <clears throat> Cassidy and I's um, one year anniversary came up on October 4th and Cassidy and I went out of town and I, it's hard for me to admit these things, but like, you know, throughout the nights after that September weigh in, I was I was grabbing a sandwich at night and, you know, a glass of milk. And I was like, ah, I worked really hard today at the gym. I can just eat whatever I want. I don't really need to. I, nobody's watching. And I had a, I had a four pound weigh in. I'd, I'd only lost four pounds. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, that's great for a lot of people. But for me, me personally, that was unacceptable for the route that I was on. And I was just absolutely distraught. I was devastated. And I think that was the most pivotal part of my entire journey because that was make or break for me. And my dietitian, who's who's a really young woman, was like super, super worried that I was done. That I was either going to go home and starve myself or go home and give up. And Cassidy was worried that I was going to give up. And I went home and I did a bunch of research and I was like, I can't, I can't stop. There's too many people. There's too many people that, that, that are in, invested in me that have, have shown their faith in me as a person that I can do this. And if they believe that I can do this then I can do this. And I, I talked to my papa, my, my dad's dad, and he texted me and he was like, you know, the ball's in your cart and you're the team captain. And you know, you, you do, you need to make, you decide what happens from now, from right now you go, it's, you, this is all up to you. And I did the research and I found something I thought might work for me. And that was uh, eating with the circadian rhythm. Have you ever heard of that before? Well, to, to explain to the people that might not know, it really is just a concept of eating at certain times of the day, like to establish a, a, a good pattern of eating. So like I, I ate when I woke up, I ate like probably three to four hours after I woke up, maybe five. So like usually I woke up at like 930 and then I'd eat at 230 and then I'd try to eat before the sun went down. It wasn't any type of you know, fasting or anything like that. It was more of like I ate at those times and I didn't eat outside of those times. So <clears throat> going from losing four pounds in a month, I went from October 4th and then I started following the same calories. I wasn't starving myself. I think at that point I was at like, 
think I was eating like just, just about 2000 calories a day. I went from, um, losing four pounds in about a month to 32 pounds in a month. And that was, I mean, just when I saw those results from that way in, I was just hooked. I was like, if you, if you apply yourself, like everybody has always told you to do, then you can do this. Like if you, if you lose 32 pounds a month or every way in for the next year, you're going, you're going to, you're going to break records. You're going to change lives. And that was, that has just stuck with me. And that's what I've done. That's what I did. And here I am now, you know, 300 and almost 70 pounds down. Yeah. Which is incredible. And that's, it, it speaks to that with, you know, that ability to kind of clear out. Cause I, I, I completely understand, you know, when you were saying you had that month where you, you'd know that you worked out. So it's like, okay, I can have this extra sandwich. I can have this extra glass of milk. I can do that. Like, we're great at telling ourselves those stories, but when you have that clarity and you are able to see that momentum build, you know, there's something there and clearly you've, you've, you've seen that momentum continue for yourself, you know, down almost 370 pounds, you know, life at 680 versus life at 315. Like I'm sure we could sit here and probably create these incredible lists of, of how, what, what's different for you now, you know, in just a year. Like that's, there's, there, that's, it's amazing, man. Like it, it, it and it's not, and I, and I think it, it, it speaks to, you know, obviously if someone started at 315, they might not, you know, in six months get to where they want to be, but you know that your body was not intended to be 682 pounds. You know, that wasn't the life that the, the, the human body was destined for. The human body adapts to it and it's possible clearly, but once you started getting things in line, it sounds like you started moving on this track that's brought you to this, this incredibly powerful change. Right. Definitely. And to, to go along with what you just said, you know, someone that's trying to go from three fifteen to two twenty, you know, that's a lot different. That's so much different than going from six eighty two, and like the way I did it is a thousand percent. And I think you can agree the way you did it is a thousand percent, not for everybody. And I think everybody, should do their own research. I would highly recommend, in my opinion, seeing a dietitian if you're trying to lose weight or gain weight. I think it's the best way. It's the safest way. But just doing the research and see what applies to you the best. Um, you know, I think with the way that I, I followed that circadian rhythm, it was a very fragile sheet of glass that I was on between developing an eating disorder, developing a bad relationship with food, and not right. So like I was on that never eats outside of calories. And you know, my, my dietitian, she, you know, she allowed me to do that for a few months. And then, you know, I think after like February, when I was down, I was down just about 200 pounds. She was like, okay, we need to start talking about like how, how restrictive you might be being, you know? And, and I was, oh, I was probably eating about 1850 a day, which is still pretty reasonable. That's about what I'm at right now. But, um, I never ate outside of meal preps. I and we really we 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 had a real long talk about that with my girlfriend and and my dietitian and the people in my life and we really just broke it down and how that so there's there's this saying in in weight loss that is if the means to success aren't sustainable neither that will the results be 
So, you know, they told that, like, do you want this to last or do you want, do you just want to lose the weight and then gain it back? And that was just like, I literally would rather die before that would happen. What do I need to do to make that not happen? And that, and that was when I started to eat out a little bit with my friends, you know, go, go have a drink with my friends every once in a while, or go, go, go grab a bite to eat. Or, and that was when, um, a really good friend of mine named, um, Slimming Steph on TikTok, she, she's like one of the most like killer women I've ever met. She lost like 127 pounds to the point where she was able to carry out a full-term pregnancy with no health complications. She, she said this phrase to me, which is like, eat mindfully. And like, I know it sounds simple, but like, it's so, it's so simple. It's like beautiful because <laughs> the difference between going out with your friends and eating a bacon cheeseburger with two orders of French fries, you know, that's going to be almost your daily allotment of calories. You know, that's almost, you know, 2000, 2200 calories, which is a lot, but there's nothing that says that you can't go out to dinner and just get a chicken breast sandwich or, or just, and maybe a salad on the side with some vinaigrette. Like there's nothing that says you, you don't need to cut up food groups. You don't need to be super restrictive. You don't need to bring a meal prep to every meal that you go to. Don't get me wrong. I have done that. And I still do that. If I don't feel like I want to eat out, like that's like the whole premise of what I'm trying to say. Like you can do it your way, you know? And if, if you need to only eat meal preps for you, then do that. But you don't have to do that. You can, you can go out with your friends and you can eat what they want. You can eat what you want. You can do whatever you want. You just have to do it mindfully. And I think that's important. I think that's something that sometimes people get caught up in because they're racing just at a scale number and they're not thinking about the sustained long game and actually building a life that they can live forever. Because, you know, let's, let's be realistic. When you're 682 pounds and you're losing weight, you're in a fight to actually gain the rest of your life. Like that's what you're earning. Like absolutely. And yep. so, if you're creating this life that you can't live, wh why was the you know the fight ends up not being worth it? You know, I think that's when people's you know end up in that place of like their minds almost break because it's like I've done all this work, but it's so it's I've built this life that I can't keep going. You know, there's no way I you know like it's I I and it's I feel like now I'm losing my words, but it's that idea that. You want to build a path for yourself and finding the right one for yourself. Like you said, if you need to do what you need to do at different times, be okay with that. But also think about the long game. Think about what it looks like where you're putting that, you know, in five years, are you still going to be doing the same thing? Like what are the thing? what are the tools that you're learning along the way? And I, that's something I talk to a lot. Like I work as a coach with people and especially when we're, when we're working with someone on maintenance, you know, I'll talk to them about, you have all of these different things you've learned along the way. And it, you may not be using them all still, but know that they're there. They're like weapons that you have in your arsenal. So if you feel like you hit a point where you need something, use what you need, but also live, live the life that you need to. Live the life that is going to be one that is worth what the fight that you went through. It's worth what you've done. And I, I also really like that idea of... You know, having the dietitian talk to you and say, okay, you went, you were on this really intense path for a couple of months and it was needed, but let's actually look at the life that you're living and how is it going to evolve and what are the things that you can bring into it so that you don't get trapped in that place? Because you're right, like, especially people that, you know, in a lot of ways, like when you're significantly overweight, you've developed, you know, whether it's an actual diagnosed eating disorder or not, you've got some sort of disordered relationship with your eating. 
And it's very easy to flip that switch from one direction to the other. You know, to go from that place of not, you know, being in this very unhealthy place with food to being in this place, you know, where you develop, I'm sure at some point you've, you've heard about orthorexia, you know, the obsession with healthy eating, you know, like a disordered obsession with it. It's very easy to, to, to allow those pathways to slide into that place if you're not mindful, if you're not in that place of being mindful with what you're doing and practicing that and building that as a habit, I think is really important. I think it's vital. Replacing an addiction with an addi another addiction can be easy, you know? And like I said, I, if it weren't for the people around me, like holding me accountable, I think a thousand percent right now, I would probably be down to like 1200 calories a day. I, I, there was a point, and I'm, I will be honest with anybody that's listening, there was a point where I got down to about 1550, and my dietician and my girlfriend were like, okay, Zach, that's low enough. You need to start ramping it back up. And, and now we're getting back up to 1800, and we're about to start. I'm sure you know what the term recomposition means. We're about to start recomp. So now we're adding about 50 to 75 calories a week until I hit about, you know, 23, 2400 calories. And that's what I'll, I'll be eating for, you know, muscle gain and weightlifting and what I'll be doing. So I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that you <laughs> going from one addiction to the other is it's not easy, but it's simple. You know what I mean? And it does damage. You know, you, you can put the pedal down hard. And let's, I mean, I'm not sure, I, I'm not sure if you've, you're familiar at all with the studies they've done with the people that went on The Biggest Loser, where they've been trying to figure out, like, how this severe metabolic damage was done to these individuals, because they were eating 800, 900 calories a day, working out four times a day. Like, they went to this place that was so intense that your body, their body started to adapt to it and started to take that in as their, you know, their normal and when you leave that environment and leave that structure, of course, there's there's pushback and blowback and psychological effects for sure. But physiological effects, like the the body has needs. There's things that you need to do to take care of yourself, and <coughs> it's not always about weight. That's the hard thing. A weight loss journey isn't always just about weight loss. You know, it's it's about the life that you're building as you go through it. You know, it's about finding. And I like to talk to people and say. You know, it's not about losing weight and going back to your quote unquote normal because you hear that a lot when you talk to people, like whether you talk through them on social media or anything along those lines, like I just want to get back to this weight and go back to living my life. And it's like, well, if you see what you're doing as putting your life on hold to get there, that we we should talk about that. Like <laughs> that's a that's that framework is going to lead you to some bad places. Like maybe see it as defining something new and finding this new place where you can thrive and finding this new place where you're actually giving your body the energy that it needs and doing, you know, treating your body right for a lot of us for the first time, you know, I, for a long time, I didn't care about my body. You know, I went this, this week right now where we're at when we're recording in December is the four year anniversary of, of, I was hospitalized with pneumonia and almost died. And one of the things that happened during that hospitalization, I was probably about 120 pounds down from my, from where I had started my journey. And the, a doctor came in one morning, I was in the hospital for three weeks and came into the, came into the, the room and said, so since we don't really have great medical records on you, can you tell us when you had the heart attack? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you know, the, we've been doing scans of your heart this week. There, there's evidence that you had a heart attack in your past. Do you know when it happened? And I'm like, I had no idea that that had happened. Like it was, 
a shock to me and this incredible thing like that's what I had and, and the, the funny the, the thing that I laugh at is the so the doctor said well let's try to figure this out did you ever have a night when you went to bed uncomfortable and I said I was 540 pounds I went to bed uncomfortable every night like I woke up uncomfortable every day like you need to you need to get a little clear be a little more clear doctor on what you mean by uncomfortable like comfort was not a thing that I was that used to like it's it's incredible the things that our bodies can handle, but then, like your journey is showing, Zach, it's incredible what our it's incredible the things that our bodies can do when we actually start to get things in line and we actually start to kind of build these consistent pathways and start to do this work. So yeah, no, go ahead. I, I didn't want to cut you off. I I, I was gonna say um, it's it's much more sustainable to make short to make small consistent changes that build up to a large lifestyle change than to just rip the freaking band-aid off because like we just talked about that can just replace one addiction with another so what is zach's life like now like what 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 is your life like at 315 pounds constantly changing man i mean it's been crazy so one thing I've been telling people a lot that I've noticed the difference between 682 like going from 682 to like 450 is drastically different than going from 450 to 300 because 450 to 300 for me like I, I, I still really couldn't live much life between 450 and 680 but now I have this new body, this new mindset that just wants to go, that wants to explore, that wants to adventure. That's like you, you literally have a new lease on life. Why are you sitting down? Why are you not exploring? Why are you not loving everybody? Why are you not, why are you mad right now? Like get over your, like just my, my whole mindset has changed. Last, last summer we spent, we, we bought an enclosed trailer, like a small six by 12 single axle enclosed trailer. And you know, my dad's always been like a carpenter mechanic, super handy guy, but, and I've always paid attention, but I never ever had any confidence in myself and I was severely overweight, so I couldn't do anything. My buddy and I, we went crazy on this trailer and we converted it into a camper and we camped for 35 days last summer. 35 days and we got to go fly fishing, hiking, camping, hunting, all sorts of different stuff. It was the most amazing summer of my life. And I am absolutely unbelievably stoked because that's, you know, I was still 400 pounds all most of the summer. This coming summer, I'm going to be in the twos, which it doesn't really matter about the number, but the 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 lifestyle between the fours and the twos for me, I'm I mean I'm gonna it's gonna be crazy. But as of right now, I start my my first job, my first formal job ever at a, at 23 years old in three days. I start on Monday, two days. I start on Monday, and I'm just so excited. In the midst of that weight loss last. Uh, winter, I I came to a realization that I and I talked to my doctor and he he diagnosed me with a thing called SAD, which is it's kind of ironic. It stands for it's sad, but it's it's called seasonal affective disorder. And um, I've actually never told anybody outside of my immediate circle this, but it, it got so bad 
because I was in such a season of change in my life where I was like almost to the point where I could go outside and live and jump in the snow and slide around, but not quite there yet. So I was like in this super transitional phase at a time when the, in Montana, there isn't much sunlight. So with, with the vitamin D deficiency and, and just not being able to leave the house. And I, I, I remember I, I came home one night and I walked in and I was like, Hey dad. And I was trying not to cry. And I told, I asked him to walk into the, the room with me and I was like, Hey, I don't trust myself right now. Will you take my firearm from me? And that was a huge wake up call. And I talked to my doctor about it, talked to my therapist about it. And we, you know, we had not an intervention, but we really talked about what we can do. And my mom has always had severe, severe mental health issues. So it was really difficult for me to like go through a thing where maybe I was being labeled as having something. So I talked to them about it and, you know, he, he put me on some antidepressants and it definitely helped. And then getting outside as the snow started to melt off, I just started to, <laughs> life just got exponentially better. And I'm really excited to live this winter and like, I'm going to try snowboarding for the first time and, and this new job. And I, I, I started a new podcast about, it's called mental hygiene. Um, it's, it's very similar to yours where we just kind of talk about, you know, mental health and weight loss and weight gain and just the things that we can do to help people change because, you know, I get thousands and thousands and thousands of message requests of people begging and pleading me to help them with their weight loss. And of course I want to, of course I want to, but it's physically impossible for me to dedicate. I mean, it would be all of my time and I still wouldn't get to half of them. You know, I've, I've talked to so many people and I've invested so much time in helping the people that, that have supported me and I have no problem with that. But the, my podcast is just kind of my my way of, of reaching those people a little bit more effectively, more more of a broader horizon, you know? No, I think that sounds like an incredible way for you to focus that effort, you know, and be able to reach more people and still be able to live your life. Because, yeah, like you said, it, it would be well more than a full-time job for you to reply to every person individually and, and help every person individually and do all of that. Like, it's a, it's a great, there's an efficiency to it that is positive. I, I think that sounds really awesome. And let, before we move past it, like, so what, when it comes to the podcast, like, where do people find it? And like, tell, tell us a little bit about kind of like what you're, what you're doing with it. Um, as of right this second, it's on Spotify and I believe it's on Anchor. We are working on getting it up on other platforms. Um, right now we're posting twice a week and it's with my really good friend, Max Nottenson from the East Coast. He, he reached out to me in the beginning of my journey and we just, this beautiful friendship blossomed between us. And he's somewhat of, he's, he's an influencer himself. You know, he's got like 40,000 followers on Instagram and his, his journey has been more about bodybuilding and, and muscle gain, but he's also a NASM certified fitness trainer and nutrition coach through his, uh, his degree and with his, his bachelor's degree is kind of one that he created through his college with nutrition and, and coaching. So he, he is somebody that has definitely held me accountable about the calories throughout my whole journey. But that him and his brother came to me in this in the fall and were like, we have this idea. Like we, we we think this would be a really good way for you to help more people and for you know for us to to reach more people with it with your story and and 
do that kind of thing. So we started it up and, and it's, it's really focused around kind of not being a long form podcast. It's called mental hygiene instead of like, like dental hygiene. So the whole premise of it is like, it's something that you could listen to while you brush your teeth or, or make your bed or something like that. Right. So it's just a small, small ingestible thing, but there, there will also be, you know, longer form episodes with some guests, you know, 45 minute arguments between us because we definitely, we definitely don't agree on everything. So um, it's, I don't know. We have an interesting dynamic and I'm excited to see where that goes. That's awesome, man. And what else is going on? Like what, what are you looking forward to? You know, you talked about looking forward to the winter. Like what are the things that are coming up for you that you're most excited about? Oh, you know what? This sounds so childish, but I don't care. My girlfriend and I are going to go sledding. <laughs> I have not gone sledding since I was probably in sixth grade. So it's just something that was totally un- unfeasible for me. And for Cassidy as well, that is something I totally forgot to mention. Cassidy's also down 100 pounds. So we've, we've really done this journey together. So we, we want to just go to Walmart and buy $5 sleds and just go shred a hill. Just go ha- just be kids, you know? Go have fun with it. That's something I'm super looking forward to. But also... You know, tr- doing some more traveling now that I can. Um, I just got back from a ten-day vacation in Oregon, and not only did I not have to buy a second plane ticket, which I know a lot of you guys will understand, I didn't even have to use a seatbelt extender. I asked for one, and then I tried to buckle it, and it worked first try. I almost crapped myself. I was so excited. So um, I applied for my passport. I have a really, really, really good friend that lives in the Netherlands who's been along my journey and my life for years and years and years and it's been a goal of mine for a long time to go and meet her in person so that's that is something that i would really like to do and in this year if you know my passport comes back in time and i'm i'm doing well enough financially so and then um just getting my camper ready for next um next camping season we plan to to do even more camping next summer and spend some time in glacier national park and yellowstone national park and just do a lot of that. I'm, I'm grateful enough to live in the state of Montana where that is in my backyard all the time, you know? That's, that's a great, it's, I don't think it's a childish list at all because those are experiences that you couldn't have before, you know? So, and things that people might take for granted, you know, there's probably someone who's like sledding. Like I do that all the time. Like I do that with my kids. I do that all the time. Like I don't understand. <laughs> and it's like realizing, you know, at, at 682 pounds, if you had attempted sledding, you were probably headed towards an injury, you know, like that. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> like, Get out of my way, people, right. especially children. Oh, my God. Well, because I'm even sure with Montana, with the weather, like this is one of the things that used to terrify me when I was heavier was just walking on ice because knowing what would happen if I fell. Like, it's not <laughs> yeah. just a, oops, you know, I got snow up my pants. I need to get up it's and a, deal with that. It's like, how am I going to get off the ground? so you can't yeah. walk. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, I, how, Am I going to need people to help me get up? Like, I remember once I, I had a friend convince me to go swimming in the ocean when I was over 500 pounds. And I was like, this is not going to go well. Like, I don't like this idea. Like, <laughs> my balance is awful. And, and you know, walking on, you know, maybe being a Montana, you might not know this, but like, walking on the sand when you're heavier is like walking in <laughs> some men. You sink a little bit. Yeah, you, know, you, you sink a little bit and you don't, your balance isn't there and like all of that. And I remember we get in the water, and the first thing that happens is a, is a wave hits me, and I go down. And next thing you know, I'm covered in water. My head's going up and down, and I'm realizing I can't get up. 
And so it took three of my friends to get me up in the water. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. Let me, I'm going back over to the, of course, I had the, the heavy duty chair that I had bought from, you know, one of the online catalogs that, you know, the, the, oh, yeah. the camping chair that probably weighed 50 pounds. And I'm like, let me just get over yep, to my chair. Size. Oh yeah. Let me just get to my chair and sit on the chair and you guys enjoy yourselves. I'm going to go and catch my breath for a couple hours. Like couple hours absolutely yep watching your friends live their lives in front of your eyes is definitely the biggest that is one of the biggest changes that i've experienced like I, sometimes i'm the one that sets the pace now you know like they're all you know like say a friend that smokes cigarettes it's like come on let's go wheezy let's go yeah <laughs> and it, you know like that and what i love man is that you're willing to share all of this with with the rest of the world for people to see that potential, you know, that potential for change is there and that you can have this excitement and this energy for these new experiences that are coming into your life. And you're showing people that with with work that it's there for them, too, and just helping people see that. And, and I'm excited to see where your podcast goes. And I'm just you know, hoping that anyone who's listening here is going to go over and follow you. And I understand also <laughs> as a podcaster, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I understand what it's like to try to get on Apple. Apple is probably one of the biggest headaches in the world when it comes to getting your podcast set up. That's a, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other side tangent, you know, that has nothing to do yeah. with, with a weight loss journey, <laughs> but I, I commiserate on some levels with that for you, man. Like, so you've Thank got you. you've got these 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 amazing things going on, man. Like I, I just really appreciate your willingness to talk, you know, about all of it. I I'm curious, like before we kind of move to, you know, I don't want to take up your whole day, but I'm curious if someone out there listening is is in that place. You know, they may not be 682 pounds, but they might be in that place in their head where you were at before you got started. Like, what are the words that you want to share to them that you feel like you might have needed to hear? funny enough um i mentioned no i didn't mention that actually um my mom had i did mention my mom had some pretty severe mental health issues my whole life and when i was 16 or when i was 17 she tried to take her life for the umpteenth time and she was the the most successful she had ever been it put her into a coma and she woke up and she wasn't herself anymore and that um that pushed me to do with uh, to become to volunteer as a crisis counselor for Crisis Text Line, and I did that for I'm still I'm still a, technically a crisis counselor for them, but um, I talked to over 400 people, and the one the one thing that I said to so many of them so many times I I always sometimes I would wrap up a conversation and I would be like Do you mind if I leave you with one of my favorite quotes? And it's funny that I said it so many times because I couldn't just take my own advice, you know. And I would say, I would say, um, in the end, everything will be okay. And if everything is not okay, then it is not the end. And I wish I would have listened to that sooner because I had given up. And I just would encourage anybody and everybody that's listening to not give up. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself because it's something that you'll never, ever, ever, ever regret. Ever. I love that, man. I think that there's a po- there's a powerful perspective in there that I, I think if people can sit with that information and, and really process what that means, 
it, it's going to be something that's going to help. So I, 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 it makes sense that that's something that you would want to leave people with when you were talking to them in those circumstances. Like, it, it just really does. So, Zach, is there anything we haven't talked about today that you want to make sure that people know about what you've been through and, and what you're doing now? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Let me think. One thing that I, to be completely, um, what's the word, uh, open with everybody, uh, transparent, uh, to be transparent with everybody that's listening and, and honest, because that's kind of what I'm about with my, my journey and being genuine. Right now, the probably the biggest thing that I'm dealing with is the scale. The scale is not the most important thing in the world. So... I would, while you're in the beginning of your journey and you're losing weight, I would really try to limit the scale usage. Do not step on the scale every single day. Do not do that. It's not a good idea. It will create a bad relationship with the scale. There's this there's this woman on TikTok that I, I love following. She's a dietitian, I believe, and she was like, if you have to take the scale away, have somebody hide it from you for 30 days because you need to repair that relationship because the number on that scale does not does not equate to your value to humanity. I understand for people like you and I, it has felt that way for a long time. But after a certain point, you got to stop paying attention to what's on the scale all the time. Stop obsessing over what's on the scale. That would be my, my big thing that I'm battling with right now is, um, you know, when, when you have as much you know, quote unquote successes I have with weight loss, um, you get a little bit addicted to the numbers. You get a little bit addicted to dropping weight every single time you step on the scale. So right now it's been, it's been a mental battle to not step on a scale because for the longest time, as I'm sure you're aware, there weren't a lot of scales that could weigh me. So it wasn't that big of an issue. But now I can step on almost any scale and it's daunting. Because I'll get on myself. I'll be like, okay, blah, blah, blah. I'll just, you know, I'll psych myself out about it. And that, that is something that I'm actively fighting. It's, you know, even when you, even when you do lose the weight, you're still going to have problems. Don't, don't expect all your problems to go away. Granted, they're not going to be the same problems. That's for sure. A lot of your problems will go away, but it's all relative and everything will be relative to what's going on in your life. So, you know, if you have problems when you're 200 pounds as opposed to when you were 500 pounds, they're still going to feel as immense as they were when you were 500. So just try not to try not to get too caught up in that. And what, because I, I think this is a question that, you know, I've asked people before when we talk about the scale and we talk about, you know, that the, the issues that can develop with it. Like, what are the things, what are the metrics in your life now that you try to focus on more, if that makes sense. Besides the scale number, like what are the what are the things you measure your 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 progress and your success by that don't have anything to do with the scale? Um. Well, it's it's not so much numbers, but like my clothes sizes. Yeah. That's definitely one that I just keep noticing going down. That one's really cool that I can fit into non. I wouldn't say non plus sizes, but like. To fit into companies' average range of clothes a little bit, it's a little bit easier for me. I don't have to exclusively order from DXL or King Size, which is, I'm sure you know, ridiculously expensive. $35 for a blank t-shirt that goes to crap after a month. I mean, it, 
that's definitely, uh, I, you know, I pay attention to, you know, my, my clothes size is a big one, but also quality, a, a big metric for me is quality of life. Like with, with fly fishing specifically, like how far I can go, you know, when I first started, we, we walked a Creek for like a mile and a half. And I had, once we got like three quarters of the way to the, where we were going, I like had this sense of desperation, like, oh my God, I'm going to need to get air. I'm going to need an airlift out of here. Like I'm not going to make it. But now I'm, I'm the first one out there. Now I'm considering getting an e-bike so I can go farther and do more. Like that is one of my biggest things right now is I really want to get an e-bike. So um, that, that would be a metric that I use. It's not a conventional metric, but like how much I want to do, how far I can go, how much I can walk in grocery stores is a big one. I used to use the scooter, as I'm sure a lot of, a lot of you lovely people have done as well. And now since I got good shoes that support me, I I love walking around the grocery store. I still put my headphones on because I have social anxiety and ADHD and I can't focus. So I'll just put a good podcast on or a, a audio book or some music and I'll just put my head down and shop and enjoy myself for two or three hours, you know, especially with meal prepping. Understood. And, and, and maybe metrics is the wrong word because I think metrics takes people right to numbers. Like you're, you, you went right to what I was what I was thinking about, like that idea that it's about quality of life and access to life and finding yourself able to do things that you could never do before and do them in ways, you know, it, it's one of those things where you start, and I'm sure this is something that you've been through, when you when you realize there's little things that you could never do before physically that now you take for granted. Like for me, it was crossing my legs, like, or being able to even like yeah. sit with <laughs> yeah. sit, sit with a leg folded underneath me, like under, on a chair, like the, the, these things, or, or I very clearly remember the first time I got on a plane and didn't need two seats and didn't need an extender and I cried like a baby sitting on the plane alone. Uh, so I'm sure it was great for the people sitting around me wondering what the hell was going on with this guy that, you know, sitting in his hoodie on the plane, uh, tearing up. But you start to realize that in a lot of ways, the, the best things that happen are the ones that you're not even conscious of. The things that you're not even, the things you don't have to take for granted. The things that you don't have to focus on anymore. Because when you're a bigger person, I, you know, there's so much mental energy that goes into planning, just getting your body to move around and getting or into to, places. When you're and, when you're going to someone's house and you're worried about breaking their mm -hmm. chair or fitting in their truck or, or oh, denting yeah. their this, I, I you actually have me smiling from ear to ear because those are the things that I never get to talk about because there are very few people in the world that understand exactly what that feels like. You know, I'm, have you ever like gone to somebody's house and like you sit down on their couch a little hard and you hear a crack and, oh, yeah. and everyone kind of looks around and you're just like. Hmm, because you don't want to be singled out for breaking a freaking couch like this the fact that i don't have to worry about that kind of stuff anymore it's just i told like you're probably just sitting there on the subway or on the bus or in your car and you cross your legs and you're like you just just get a smile across your face you're like i just just the little things that is something that i have tried so hard to focus on i'm gonna quote miley cyrus right now and say that like it's about the climb you have to stop and smell the roses you can't get focused on the destination or else you'll because that's that's life do you know how many people have lose the amount of weight that you and i have lost not that many and like to to, to recount it it's a blessing like to just like I was over in Oregon last week and with my girlfriend's family and I, like they live in Oregon so there was a bunch of moss in their house and I was like do you guys want me to pressure wash your porch and they were like we would love that 
really? And I was like, I want to do it. It would be so satisfying. Like, I don't know. Just for me, that was such a cool moment. Like, I'm able to stand in wet cold for four hours pressure washing a porch and enjoy every second of it. But when I was 700 pounds, I would have died. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And like... And I think you just said something that's really important for people to take away in the end from this is that all of this isn't about a finish line. You know, there isn't just one, you know, like you said, like I, I'll freely admit, you know, I'm, I'm significantly older than you, but I, that, that song by Miley Cyrus always gets me because it really is about not just about the climb, but it's about, you never get there. Like you're never, you have to st- no. you have to stop worrying about getting to a place and realize that your life becomes about all these things that you do along the way and enjoying the things that you're doing along the way because the only final destination for all of us is the final destination you know it's it's getting lowered into the ground you know so it's about what you do before then and what you're accessing before then and so you know I, I'm it's just about excited. The memes. and I, I'm just it, it's great to hear even just those little things that you're talking about, you know, the pressure washing of a deck, like that's incredible, man. Like, so it's, it's great. Like, but like you said, like, you know, even just not, you know, like you said, like not worrying about breaking a couch, like the, the number of times I had to pull a friend aside and be like, I broke the seat on your toilet. Like having to have those, not having to have those discussions that like it's, there's a freedom that comes that has nothing to do with even just, the physical freedom or clothes or the things that people traditionally think about. Like there's just so much more and you start to realize that there is so much more to life out there. And, and I'm just excited to, to see what you're grasping now, man, and, and what you're going for. And, and just these things that you have coming up are just, it, it, it's, it's inspiring for sure. I know there's going to be people listening that are inspired by it, but also it's, it's great to hear the value that you put into it all, you know, and, and what you're getting out of what you're doing. It's, it's, it, it's fantastic, man. Well, I've really enjoyed my time, and I really hope maybe six months or a year from now I can come back on and give a nice, fun update about what I'm up to. Oh, for sure, man, for sure. And Zach, I want so I want to say a big thank you for you coming on the show and, and sharing your journey with us today. We have a couple quick let let's take care of the business side of things before we do the last questions. Zach, if people do want to connect with you, where do they find you? Uh, my main channel is definitely TikTok. My username is Zach two eight eight five on TikTok. And then on Instagram, it's Zach.h28. And then you guys can listen to my podcast at uh, – um, you just search Mental Hygiene on Spotify. And then on Instagram, you can always find it at uh, Mental Hygiene Pod. So, And I'll be sure to put links to all of Zach's channels and the podcast in the show notes for this episode so that you all can find him and listen to what's going on and, and see what happens over the next six months. And. They've, they've also got a lot of catching up to do. You know, there's a lot for them to see. <laughs> there's a lot to see what's happened over the past year. So I, I'm, I'm excited for people to be able to find that too, man. So, Zach, I, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through them? Are they rapid fire? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. First thing that pops into your head. So, question right, number me. one, Zach Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Ooh. Ooh. That's a oof. Um. Uh, uh, <laughs> what just came to my head? Um, favorite fat guy, favorite fat guy, Chris Farley. There we go. Question number two, Zach. What is one lesson 
that being a fat guy has taught you? Empathy. Mm -hmm. I like it. Question number three, Zach. If there's someone out there who wants to get their journey started, what is one concrete thing they can do today? That's a good question. Hmm. Pick one thing, one thing, and do it perfect every day, brick by brick. If Even if that's making your bed, do it every day. Build that consistency. I like it. Question mm -hmm. number four, Zach, what is one thing about yourself that you love? My ability to empathize. And your final question on the podcast today, Zach, number five. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Health, fitness, or weight loss. I would like to Camp Glacier National Park for a week. That definitely sounds like an awesome adventure. I like it, man. Yeah. So, Zach, a huge thank you again for coming on, being willing to respond to me and connect and, and get you on the show. I just really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I really enjoyed myself. I'm happy to be here and really excited to come back. Awesome, man. And like I said, I will put all the ways that y'all can contact Zach in the show notes for this episode. As always, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me at Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram. Same handle on Twitter. You can also email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And as always, my friends, remember, go out there, do something to amaze yourself today because you are the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.